that was the original intention of the movie was to draw attention to the band and and hopefully bring them new fans and that's what seems to be happening so it's kind of an exciting it's good you know for the movie to be having second billing in terms of numbers at 13 it seems like an odd one i mean you know obviously there a lot has happened since then and um i'm sure you have a uh, a lot of new fans on board 13 well the reason for 13 was obviously it's uh this is 13 is the is the name of the record that uh, the Abel's recording during the making of the film but also this just happened to come to be because you know the reason this all came about and, and I think it's it's worthy of explanation is that last summer my godson called Rio Hansen who was 6 years old or 5 years old when the movie was made actually he was 4 years old when the movie came out his mother Rebecca Yeldon produced it said I'd love to see that movie that you and my mum made when I was a kid. So I invited him up to the house and I screened it. And he said, can I bring some friends? I said, sure. So we showed the Anvil movie to all these 17-year-old kids who'd never heard of the band or the movie. And they all started going nuts for the movie in a way that no one really had anticipated. So we did this one screening eventually turned into 10 screenings. The kids would tell their friends and they all started coming in. And by the end of the 10 screenings, we had two offers from distributors to re-release this movie theatrically, one of whom was Utopia, who's a great new up-and-coming company. And they have a pretty young demographic. And the guy who runs the company, Robert Schwartzman, was like, I think there could be a new audience for this film. And so the movie's being re-released for this you know, new young audience. And they're releasing it in 220 theaters, which is five times the scale of the original release. So, and it's being marketed on social and in different ways. So we're thrilled for the old fans who perhaps want to come see the movie again. But mostly we're excited. We were in New York last week and Peter Dinklage hosted um, an event for us at the Angelica. It sold out. We had an incredible reaction, a standing ovation. And we asked how many people had not seen the movie before. And two thirds of the hands went up and they were all kids. And so uh, I was a bit like, why is this happening? And then, you know, they told us because we spoke to kids afterwards. They said they've been locked up on Zoom for two, three years. They haven't been able to hang out and they're really depressed. And this is a story about persevering through tough times. And it's a hopeful and maybe an inspiring story. And that's what we were getting back from these 18, 19, 20-year-olds. And so that's really the new audience for the movie, which is, I mean, who knew? <laughs> but it came from my it came from Rio Hansen. He was the one who had that response. And so it's because of him that it's happening, really. I get the sense that in kind of every way, this movie was more successful than any of you could have anticipated. But uh, Robin Lips, I, I'm curious what your expectations were like, if you had any expectations at all going into the filming of this. Well, Lips knew that the movie was going to be successful. He'll tell you about it. I, uh, I wasn't sure of what was happening at all for a while. <laughs> well, that's been the situation since about 1983. <laughs> At what point was it clear what was happening, or, or or is it still unclear to you? Well, you know, when a guy goes, you know, I'm going to make a documentary about your band, and then he's filming, you know, fucking things like you know, fights and family and all this other stuff. And I'm going, what kind of, what kind of fucking movie is this guy making? Robo was very concerned. Lips kind of it's interesting. Lips knew up front when I told him at my Uncle Marty's house in Toronto that I was going to make this movie. He got emotional immediately. He, he said, you have no idea what's going to happen. And I was like, I hadn't shot a frame of film, so I, I really didn't know. But Lips knew. 
And Rob was a bit like, what is this movie? But when I finished the film, finally, two years after that, Rob, I think, was the last person to see it. He sat down in my house up at Montcalm in um, opposite David Hockney's studio in the hills of Hollywood. Um, he watched the movie once, and then he said to me, I want to show it, I want to, I want to see it immediately again. And he watched it twice. And then at the end, I think by the second viewing, Rob, is it fair to say that you understood after yeah, you'd seen I it twice? I completely understood. Then it hit me. We're going like, and what the fuck was this? And then I said to Sasha, you are going to rip every person's heart out with this movie. That's what I said to him. And I got it. I got what it was all about. Then I said, oh, wow. This is more it was more than just a band movie. You know, that's what I saw. I was like, wait, this is not just a band movie. I mean, there was some, I remember one time we were in Transylvania, the Monster Transylvania, and we were having this other band who was on the bill was just so, I can't remember what they were called, Kevin something. And they were having, there was just this shenanigans and fighting going on. And Rob pulled me aside and he said, if this shit comes, appears in the movie, I just want you to know I'm going to kill you to death. <laughs> Because <laughs> it was shenanigans. None of it made it into the movie. But, you know, I had to say to these guys, look, I've got to shoot 300 hours, and then I'm going to fashion a movie from what I shoot. But they were very trusting. But, yeah, there was that moment, I remember, when Rob was like, I'm going to kill you if you put this in the film. But I did say to them, dudes, if there's something you hate, I'll take it out. I, I, the purpose was not to embarrass the band, but to propel the band and to introduce the band to a new audience. And that was really the intention. But I knew the only way to do that was to be honest about what it's like for most bands trying to make their way in the world. And maybe they have a, a glorious 80s moment. Maybe they don't. But, you know, to sustain for 45, 50 years, you know, making albums and touring and now after the movie, particularly to be able to make their living entirely from the band you know, it, it just felt like we moved the dial a lot back then, and now we're going to complete the mission and, and move it even further with a whole new audience, which is so gratifying as a filmmaker because you want your movie, your, you want your work to hopefully make a difference. And certainly to my, my, my friends in Anvil, I, I really feel the palpable effect that it's had. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, what do you want to do in life, right? Like, you know, with your podcast, you know what I mean? You want to inform people and, and, and lift you know, enlighten them, you want people to be, have fun or whatever it is, you know, same thing with a movie. It's like, you want, you want people to be hopefully in, in, involved and affected and you want to make some kind of a difference. You know, you want to put something out there that people give a shit about. Right. So that's very satisfying with this movie because you can see how it affects people and, and you can see the difference. It's, it's made to the band. I think lips, tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, what, what's your experience of the movie? <laughs> oh, I think it took a lot of balls to, uh, to self-produce it and direct it on your part. That was a huge risk. Because it was your first endeavor and you used, and you used your yeah, own I financed it. What could be more of a risk than no, that? I was risking a lot of money. Yeah, but, but at the same time, but at the same time, you picked the right subject. You picked the right subject. I also knew subject. you guys were exceptional, and I knew that I just had to shine a light on that. But I think as much as it was a huge risk, which it was obviously to pay for this movie, you know, and finance it, I think it was equally risky to be, to be as open as you were in the film 
that's a, that's a ballsy move, man. Right, that's exactly. a ballsy move to like be that honest and transparent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We all we 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 all risked our lives on what we what we what we were doing. Yeah, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who have been on that side of the camera, you know, whether it's a documentary or a reality show, and and most of them tell me that at least at first that they behave differently, but at a certain point, the kind of you you almost forget that the the crew is there filming you. And from the early days, was was the fact that there was somebody there filming you? Did that kind of impact your behavior? No, not at all. We we didn't even know the cameras were there. Sasha said right at the beginning to me. He said to Lips TV, he said, "Listen, for this thing to really be real, you guys just got to be yourselves. Nothing else. Be yourselves. That's it. Nothing more." So I said, "That's it." I said, fuck, that's going to be easy. I said, don't change anything. Well, I also said to them that this, and, the, and what you just said was exactly right. Like when there's a camera on you, there's a certain point of view where you're naturally tense. You're naturally kind of putting on a show. But if you're around enough as, what, as much as this crew was around this band, at a certain point, you just don't have the energy on the second week to like put on a show. And, and and if you get lucky, the, the principles or the subjects of your film completely forget that they're being filmed. And that's what happens. So a lot of those key scenes where you really see this intense and incredible relationship between Lips and Rob, they weren't even aware they were being filmed. Like I remember showing some of it back to Lips and he was like, I, I can't believe that you were there because they're just in their lives living and we just happen to be fly on the wall recording. But the first two weeks, it was quite stilted and you know they were very very conscious but you know it takes a lot of energy man to to be conscious of cameras and so that's why we shot for two years so like after the second month that we were in you know what i mean in terms of just they got used to us it sounded like earlier sashi you kind of alluded to that lips had a very clear understanding that this was an especially turbulent time for the bands and where where was anvil at when filming started well, I think Anvil was a, a I, I, it's hard to know, but I think that, you know, I think Robbo had, had sort of was not in a particularly great frame of mind at that time, I think, I seem to remember. And I think there was a sense of, you know, how do we continue? How do we make money? How do we just keep going? And so when I proposed doing the film, I think what happened is everything becomes heightened because as much as they weren't performing for the cameras, it's like, you know, in the back of your mind, someone is making a movie of my life, my artistic struggle to record this album, my tour. It, it, it just, I think what it did was it intensified the stakes emotionally. It really put what was going on for the band under a microscope and made it and amplified it a lot. So I think that in a way it was an experience that really helped them because it brought into clear focus where they were at and where they wanted to get to and what they needed to do and how much of a struggle it was and had been. But, I mean, it was interesting watching it in New York last week. And Robbo said to me afterwards, it's like so good to be looking back on that period as the ba- that was that period and now we're in a completely different place and making our money exclusively from music and touring the world and we've just done one of our best albums, Impact is Imminent. And they're out there, you know, it, it's it's really exciting because what we recorded is now not the case for Anvil. <laughs> you know, maybe a couple of nights here and there, but ultimately, things are is really, that right? Yeah, things have really changed. That was very, that's what it hit me like, wow, that's not what the band is like now. 
Lips and Rob, what was the experience like going back and rewatching the movie, rewatching yourselves in a, a fairly rough place? Oh, well, years ago? I've said in many uh, already, many, many people in that entire movie have passed away now. Yeah. That was like, that hit me hard, man. I was like, whoa. Like, boom. Like, I don't know, like, you know, more than six people, seven people. Like, a great part of the, uh, so that hit me. Oh, they're all gone. Uh, you know, we all got, we all gotten older, all of us. And the good part was that things have severely changed for the band from that depiction of that moment of that time. Band's in a whole different place today. Is is there anything that made it in that looking back that you regret having ended up on film? No, not for me. No, not for me. I, I, I Lips always has uh, a couple of things he always throws in, I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, Lips, tell tell me what you regret. It's too late now, but it'd be nice to know. <laughs> what is there anything that you look back on and you feel, oh shit, I wish that wasn't on film? No, it's not. It's not my fault. But to be fair, just to point out again, I do want to say I did offer them to take out anything. So for whatever reason, you can't didn't. remove bits and pieces of of something so important. Can't do that. It's what it is. Doesn't matter what, what I think. Doesn't matter what I think. It it does for the sake of an interview. Yeah, it does. If you've got things, we should we should you oh, know no, edit no. them I out. Mean, in, in something that there are parts that make me feel uncomfortable. Certainly watching, certainly watching, uh, you know, Rambo and I having a having a, a fight and, and being upset, that bothers me. But like Sasha said, man, he waited two and a half years to get that on film. <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, but, you know, for me, man, when I watch it, that, you know, even before, that really is, to me, the heart of the movie. The relationship between you guys, yeah. That whole, the whole, the, yeah, the whole, the whole UK uh, studio uh, scene there, that really is the heart of the movie. That's what really hit home. It's like, you know, Specifically, the the, a potential breakup. You know, you know, disagreement, friendship thing. Uh, you know, figuring it out. You know, all that, all in one. You know, I always call that the heart of the movie. Okay, he rented a garage because he has hasn't got enough money to live. No one's getting paid. It's just everybody believes in lips. That's an incredible thing. Like, like a blind, blind dedication. And I've got, I'm the only one who's got the vision. Lips will take us there. I'm going to take you there, man. I got this. It's been a year of it. An absolute overwhelming year. I'm going to fucking do it. That's what it is. And that's why I'm here. I took the fucking risk. Yeah. At what cost? So there's cliffs I can go jump off. That's the easy way. Well, you're not now. You won't jump off the cliff because I'll stop you. That's dedication, pal. Seriously. Were you close to, you feel like, possibly ending the whole thing? No. The whole bands no. during the... No, 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 no. That was just fucking momentary fucking, you know... It's just off our fucks. It's, sure. you know, it's one yeah, of those... People say shit in the moment, you know. Yeah, it was just momentary spew. Well, it's like when Lips says when Lips says after they have the big bust up, he says, "I don't know, man. He's fired. We need a drummer." And then he walks off, and then you see Rob coming back. 
And then the best thing is Rob's sitting sitting there going, I've spent years dedicated. Dedicated to what? And then you hear Lips's voice off screen and he goes, first thing I want to say, Rob, is I'm sorry. But it's not like an apology. It's very Canadian to attack somebody with a sorry. (laughs) It's I'm sorry. No, but what's so brilliant about it is it's truthful. Like if you go with your friend, your best friend or, or your wife, you know, everyone who's being honest recognizes that. We've all been yep. there, man. We've all said shit that's in the right. heat of the that's moment right. that we don't necessarily right. mean. You know, and it's it's part of life to have arguments and disagreements with your key collaborators or your partner or, you know, like Lip says, you know, you're the pl- closest person I've got. You know, it's like if you can't take it out on you, who do I take it out on? You know, it's the people you trust the most that you're able to unleash on because you know back back of your mind, you know that you're safe. You can say the shit, you can let off some steam, but you know that you love them and they love you. And like Lip says at the end of that argument, there's a long road ahead. And here we are 15 years after that was filmed and that road is continuing. But the, but but you're not going to stop going down that road just because you, know, you, you feel like you want to explode it once in a while or, or take a different path, you know? That's that's described very well. Sasha described that well. In terms of sort of um, not only your own personal understanding, but but I guess uh, for Sasha, in terms of actually pitching this thing to people, this film to people, um, how important, if any, a role did some kind of monster play having come out a few years before? I mean, I saw the movie. I really liked it. I mean, this is in a way uh, the exact inverse. You know, it's a band having a crisis instead of in spite of, you know, because they don't have success. This was a band in crisis because they do. So there there was obviously, you know, a connection. But really the inspirations for that movie were not some kind of monster. I mean, that was a well-made film. Very well-made. I love those guys. Um, The inspiration for this movie was... You know, in a way, Spinal Tap was part of it. But also, more importantly, emotionally, with, with Nail and I, that movie about two unemployed actors who go away for the weekend. You know, I met Bruce Robinson, who wrote and directed that film, and who lived that story. He was much more of an inspiration to this. You know, it's, it's a film about friendship, male friendship. It's a film about embarking on a, a dream and, and really not giving up and what it means when that is tested. And, and the, the scene we just talked about, the recording studio, where things, you know, the wheels are coming off. And then what, right? Well, you you know, in Apple's case, you just fucking continue. I mean, you can't really give up. I mean, why would you? If you gave up, what would you be doing? You wouldn't be doing the thing that you love. And you would have given up. And I think it's very hard to live with yourself if you feel like you didn't give it everything. But you're going to get tested, man. If you want to be an artist, you're going to get tested. It's just going to happen. And so for me it gave me tremendous confidence to see these guys really willing to put it out there. And I think that a lot of people who saw the film were, were really reassured. It's not just us. It's not just this band. It's not just, you know, having a breakup, you know, or a near breakup, you know, it's, I find it when, when people tell the truth, it kind of liberates me to tell even more of my truth, you know? And I feel it was so, honest and open and and courageous of them to really be willing to expose the truth of what it means to keep this dream together. I think it it was, I think a lot of people drew inspiration because like I said, it's authentic. 
And authenticity is, I think, the thing that people more and more seek in life. They, they, you know, life is short, man. You know, we've had a fucked up few years. It's like, I just want to be with real people. And I want to like, I don't, I don't want to like, you know, all this Instagram bullshit, you know, and all these kind of people curating their lives and, and basically going, look how happy I am. And look how incredible here I am on this yacht or here I am at this restaurant. And it's just all fucking bullshit, you know? And the truth is people struggle. So that's what we're more interested in because that connects you with people more deeply than some, you know, superficial bullshit Instagram. Look how amazing my life is crap, which unfortunately is taken hold of a, of a lot of people. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, this is an important movie for all of, all of the people you're talking to right now for different reasons, for personal reasons, for professional reasons. But, you know, for me, it was hugely important because of this movie, you know, Anthony Hopkins agreed for me to direct him in Hitchcock with Helen Mirren and Scarlett Johansson. All of those actors, huge fans of this film. I would never have known that that would have happened. But, you know, it, the message to me is follow your heart and you can't fail. One way or the other, if you're true to what you you know you you feel, then something somewhere will work. Sasha alluded a little to the pandemic. Um, obviously, the lips of Rob, the, the two of you have been prolific. I mean, I not not only did you re- release down fairly recently, but I was listening to an interview where you said you effectively had all the songs finished. I, I'm curious how how the how the last two years have really impacted Anvil as a band. Well, it just stopped us from employment, more or less. You know, we we didn't waste any time. We uh, wrote two albums, recorded one and released it. We have another one ready to record next August. So we make good use of the uh, lockdown bullshit that we're all subjected to. You know what I mean? We had no choice. We kept it positive, and we were so happy that post-COVID is uh, here right now. And we've been working. We're 60-plus shows into this year live. We have another 60 more coming up uh, in Europe starting in a, like a week or so, or two weeks, but I don't know how, pretty soon, like in the next week. Well, that's, that, that's, what, that's, that's what two and a half years did for me. You know, we, we, we were productive as a band. I painted 28 canvases. And he's also doing a special shit painting for me, FYI. As he said, finally. The painting is in the movie. Uh, you know, it's a giant shit, and the inspiration is totally German, and he keeps it downstairs because maybe his wife didn't want it in the living room. I mean, there it is. There is the shit painting, and I'm having that as a gift. And maybe, Rob, if you brought that to L.A., you could present that to me on stage. Could you take that to L.A. with you, Rob? Because Dustin Hoffman's going to be there, and I think, Robbo, do you have an do you have an alternate ship painting you could bring or no? It's not ready. It's not ready to present, dude. It's a painting of a shit in a toilet. I'll take it out. <laughs> it's gonna have the texture. Man. It needs the it needs the texture. That's the layers, man. I mean, I wish you would bring it, Robbo, and present it to me as a gift on Thursday night. I would be so I know, touched. I know, but you're, you're again changing the script all the time on me. I can't keep up with this, man. Okay, all right. I'll leave it. I'll leave it with you. If you decide to bring it, great. But I do understand that the shit needs to be yeah, prepped. Yeah, it's all good, man. Um, you know, um, it's eventually you'll be presented with something. Uh, Please just understand that when we were siding on when we were standing on the side the, the stage at Giant Stadium, 
and there were 50,000 people because Anvil was opening for ACDC chanting Anvil. I said to Robbo, do I get the shit painting now? And he said, not quite yet. It's 13 years later. I mean, what is it going to take for me to get this painting of a shit in the toilet, Robbo? The problem was I, I said all that under duress. <laughs> <laughs> right? That, that's the real. That's the reality. You know? <laughs> By the way, I think this is the perfect time for me to leave, and they can just deal with the aftermath of not delivering the shit painting. Gentlemen, I love you all. Thank you. See you tomorrow in LA, we're going to rock it, man. Lips, I'm curious for you creatively. Um, you know, as a, as a writer, what kind of impact the pandemic has had? Well, it's been, been compacted. You know, and I thought I thought initially that it would be would be more spread out, but and in order to sound like they're separated, but as it turns out, as you do them closer together, the less they sound alike, <laughs> and it's even more interesting. Even more interesting. It's a continuation, but yet it's it's not the, the same as what you just did because you felt like you just did it. So then now you're doing something different, creating something different as you go. Basically putting out two albums in rapid succession in that way forced you to think outside of the box a little bit and do things a little bit differently. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know that really makes you think any differently. I, I think the, by all the experience of writing for years and years, you learn how to put songs together better and, and, and more cohesive and more to the point. Um, not throwing the kitchen sink in for just to show off or to, to just because or just because you want to put something there that doesn't need to really be there, why are you putting it there? Uh, stuff like that. To actually self-produce yourself in a certain sense. <laughs> and one of the nice things, I think, about people discovering the band through this movie specifically is that they're coming to you on your own terms. You know That, that in terms of like gaining a larger fan base, you didn't have to go out of your way to change for them. That's right. Yeah, we know that. We're we we we're very aware of that. We're just being animal, being ourselves, our same sound. We're just doing what we do. You're right. We haven't, and we're going to continue that. That's all we've ever done, anyway. So yeah, what other choice is there? There's yeah. no other choice. <laughs> if you can't, yeah, that's it. Anvil is anvil. Just anvil is anvil. Anvil is anvil. I know hypotheticals are, are hard, if not impossible, and maybe this is one of those unanswerable questions, but do you get a sense of what the trajectory of the band might have been if the movie hadn't come along? We would have just kept going on, making records, just like we're doing now, and doing whatever we were doing. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't, I, really don't, I, don't, I don't really think anything would have been any different as far as that. We would have just carried on, whatever that would have meant. We would have carried on. Because that's all we were doing before the movie came around. Probably doing the same thing, but maybe maybe not as. Yeah. Uh, well, it would it wouldn't be it wouldn't be what it turned into. Obviously, that's pretty clear. But we would have still made records and played shows and been a band and kept the band going. That's what I think. Or I believe.
So that's my uh, that's my hypothetical on that. Tell me a little bit about the uh, about the new record. Sounds like there's a sense in which it was a in which it's a departure from the last one. Yeah, although they were although one was written one next to the other, they're actually quite different, really. Like legal at last is not really like impact is imminent. Impact. Two very different kind of songs and sound oh, yeah, too. Sounds. The production. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard. We, you guys ask us this all the time. You know, it's just it's just a succession of of uh, of what you're doing, but not. It's not. It's not like you're planning it. it it's that it's the way that it ends up being because of the way you eat what you've just done. You can't, you can't go and do the same kind of songs because you just did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're, you're forced to look for, for other songs and different tempos and different keys and different, and just to be different. And even the way that you're choosing to, to arrange songs could be better. Yeah, we, it's just an improvement. I think I think as we go, we, we we improve, and that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> In the 13 years that have passed since the movie came out, have your roles, your your specific roles, changed at all in the band? No, I don't think yeah. so. Roles as, as what do you mean? Roles as in what? As songwriters, as as business people, uh... a little bit of everything. I mean, I. No, I think it's all. I think we, it, it, it's the rules, if, if so to speak, or the way that the, the stuff. It, it's it's different responsibilities for each guy. You know, each guy has their own area of responsibility, and we take care of it the best we can. The both of us, we we still do the same things. You know, nothing's really changed. I guess is the. Uh, Rob, what 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 we were talking about before um, I was able to start recording on this is um, whether the the movie has had an impact on your uh, painting life. Yeah, well, it has. What has happened is the world has been exposed to the fact that I do paint. Like, you know, I didn't want Sasha to do that. He talked me into it, and I'm glad he did because now I've built an audience for the paintings. I have a fan base, and people dig the fucking paintings. So all that kind of cool shit is going on with it. Yes, people have asked to buy them, um, but I don't want to sell them. So I do not sell the canvases. I have prints. I have a, I have a book, like an art book of all of it. So I sell that kind of shit. But, so that's what's happened. And I paint all the time when I'm, we're not playing uh, touring, I paint. And I miss, and I really miss painting because we've been touring for four months and I haven't done fucking shit. It sounds like that's been one positive side effect of this is that you've had more opportunity to paint than ever before. Yeah, I made 28 canvases basically during the COVID lockdown time and participated in uh, creating uh, two anvil albums. Why is it hard for you to let go of the canvases? It's not hard. I just, uh, fortunately, I guess I, I guess, you know, fortunately, I'm not really chasing the money part of it. Um, And I I just kind of want to hang on to them. Lips, do you have a, do you have a similar outlet outside of music? No, I, I think I got enough to do. <laughs> if I don't have enough with music, I better start writing lyrics. 
You know what I mean? So it never stops. Never stops, man.